Oh, good, right? How many services are we, have we been back in service inside this place? Five or six? Whew. Five. This is our fifth? Okay, I just wondered. This is, uh, my name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. This is Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Those listening on the podcast, I want to remind you it's August 1st, and this is a communion service. So make sure you get your elements ready for later in the service. Um, I got a couple announcements. One is right after this service, there's a picnic. So if you didn't get food or you didn't bring food, send a runner and you can get some Subway and come back and uh, there will be people around uh, hanging out. Also, uh, Buildings and Grounds is having a meeting and I don't know if it got the word out as, as much. Like I know Justin, I don't know if you've heard about it, if you wanted to join the Buildings and Grounds, uh, we're going to be meeting in the... Um, Fireside room, is that right, Jeff? Or somebody that knows? Okay, fireside room. It's kind of a sparse Sunday, but I'm glad everyone here is here. Um, other announcements. One is there's a yellow sheet in there, and that's we're getting ready for the all-church picnic, which is September 5th. And there's going to be a taco cart and everything. I can't wait. That's kind of, that, that's usually delicious. Are you with me, Jeff? Okay. No, you don't really like taco carts. Okay. He's, uh, he's not a taco guy. That was a strike and a, and a miss. Um, and then also, I've heard that the chargers don't use it on Sunday. Is that correct? That's, that's nuts. Okay, because I remember, this is my anniversary uh, this is, I started two years ago today, and this was, yeah, this is my, I'm going into my third year. I was away because it was my wife's birthday um, on 7-Eleven, 7 Catalina Island, that's Malia Lynn Candace Griffiths, but Cornell's been here 17 years. It's a bit longer, right? I'm still the rookie. But I, we started a little rocky, just to be honest. But over the COVID time, I love this man, right? He kind of likes me. He puts up with my stupid humor. I've been putting two and two together. There's a a lot missing. But one of them is um, meet and greet time. I think we miss physical contact And we miss hugging and stuff like that. I'm not going to, look, this isn't Hug Fest 2021. Um, And also I'd love to insert in there, if you at all feel um, uncomfortable with not wearing a mask, there's tons of masks around here if you want to wear a mask. But let's do like an ad hoc, like nobody move and try and wink at as many people. I don't know if you can wink. That's kind of creepy. Forget that. Forget the winking. Winking is creepy. If, uh, if, if you like winking, you can wink. Uh, but you can wave, I don't know, uh, shout across the room, I guess. I don't know. Um, ready? Just make sure somebody locks eyes with somebody that they don't know and says, glad you're here. Ready? Go. Kind of work, kind of lame. Amy, what do you give that a B plus? We'll do, we, uh, he, oh, she did the happy hands. 
We can do happy hands, too. That's kind of, that makes me feel really good. Do you remember happy hands when you were a little kid? Anyway. But there, if you don't already have six or seven of these, there's tons out there. Uh, for, if you want to come to the church in the middle of the week or any time during the week, the chargers are here during the week, 9 to 11, and you'll need this to, to park in our lot and uh, get around. Deep breath. Oh, by the way, I can't believe I'm standing right now. I've slept on the ground the last two nights. We've been, uh, student ministries are out in uh, the furnace, uh, Chino Hills. And so I just came back early for this service because I really wanted to be with amongst you. But if I say, I don't know, I'm just, uh, I'm surprised I'm vertical. <laughs> Would you please stand for this morning's call to worship with me? It comes from Psalm 78, verses 23 through 29. And I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Still, he spoke on their behalf, and the skies opened up. The windows of heaven poured out food, the mercy, bread manna. The grain of grace fell from the clouds. Humans ate angels' food, the meal of the mighty ones. His grace gave them more than enough. The heavenly winds of miracle power blew in their favor, and food rained down upon them. Succulent quail quieted their hunger as they ate all they wanted. Food fell from the skies, thick as clouds. Their provision floated down right in front of their eyes. He gave them all they desired, and they ate their fill. Let's remain standing and worship the Lord, singing, We have a story to tell to the nations.
And now will all the children come up for today's children's message? Good morning. (laughs) Always a pleasure, Rose. (laughs) And a snort. Do you have, oh, okay, okay. Do you guys have role models? Yes, okay. You might even wonder what a role model is. It's someone you respect, admire, and want to be like in some way. It might be a famous person, such as a great athlete, especially with these Olympics going on, or a movie star. It might be someone you know personally, like your favorite teacher. It could even be your mom, dad, brother, or sister. Whether we realize it or not, we all have role models. So right now I'm going to give you guys a list of a few people, some that we've already mentioned, and I want you to let me know whether or not you believe that they are a role model. Would you consider a nurse a good role model? Yes. (laughs) Throw out to dad there, I see. Um, Is a teacher a good role model? Oh, oh, there's a a little hesitation there. (laughs) A celebrity? Over a teacher. An athlete? Yeah. It's important that we choose our role models carefully, isn't it? If we choose a role model just because the person is rich and famous, we'll likely be disappointed. If you're looking for a role model, here's a good place to start. Our Bible. Brought one here. In the book of Ephesians, Paul said to the people in the church of Ephesus, Imitate God in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. What are a few things about Jesus that makes him the perfect role model for you to follow? Elsie. He's God's son. That's that's a pretty, pretty good one. Carter. Died for us. He's also kind, loving, forgiving, patient, obedient, respectful, and truthful, just to name a few. We could go on and on, couldn't we? Jesus is our perfect role model because he is God's perfect son who brings salvation to all who follow him. Pray with me. God, thank you for sending your son to save us and to be the perfect role model for us to follow. Though others may fail, Jesus never fails. We want to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, all children are dismissed. Good morning. It's so great to see Okay, here is our send off for summer. Uh, it's called Going to the World and it's a gospel to all the nations for uh, whoever cannot reach like me. Uh, you might have to say a few words to people around you about Christ. And uh, this piece is uh, kind of a touch from the past. Uh, if somebody remembers the revivalist movement, that's something of that nature. So you're invited to shuffle your feet or do anything that
ați putea la toate, suntem într-o nouă lungă toată sine. God's amazing love is this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because we have faith in him, we dare to approach the throne of God. Together, let us confess our sin against God and neighbor. O Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your Spirit so that all may know your justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen.
Well, gosh, if we were stuck there, that would be awful. But hear the good news. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for all of us. And Christ prays for us. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. Hear this. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. back a few years to some songs that we used to sing a lot, haven't sung in a while, you know, some of y'all remember songs from like a hundred years ago, I remember songs from 40 something years ago, no matter how old the songs get, if they resonate some truth, it's good for us to keep singing them. We're just going to spend about, oh, eight to ten minutes preparing our hearts for the man who's vertical. Say a few words. Let's sing together. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky. Heavens are your tabernacle. Glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty. You are holy.
Aren't you grateful he hears us when we call? Right? We're going to be studying the book of Esther um, for the next, actually, the month, the month of August. And I just want to catch you up to speed uh, a little couple truths about Esther. One of them, Esther is a woman. 
That's no, no duh, right? So, uh, I don't think the church talks about how amazing women are. I, I think uh, every once in a while we need to hear a hero story from a woman's perspective. Can I get an amen from the sisters? Okay, good. Okay. Um, God is never named in this book. It's the only book in the Bible where God's name isn't mentioned. He works behind the scenes. Three. A little truth that I want you to have in your pocket as we start this study. Anybody watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No? Anybody watch... Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. What do those shows have in common? Chicago? Nope. Nope. They both have crossover episodes. Do you know what a crossover episode is? I think one happened on Cheers, too. But I don't remember. Maybe Taxi remember the taxi show anyway I'm trying to think of older crossover the one that stands out is Brooklyn Nine-Nine because every time this girl from the new girl shows up on the screen the main character goes crossover <laughs> he's very everybody see it and so it's like a celebration this is actually a crossover book this is the king mentioned at the beginning of this book and the time of Esther's story is mentioned in Ezra 7 and Nehemiah 13. So it's the three books all in one. Anyway, crossover. Anybody else excited about that? I think that's the most excited. That's one of my suspects. I think you're underwhelmed, but that's fine. Uh, let's study some scripture. Open your Bibles if you have them. If not, I think it's going to be up there, yeah. On the seventh day, when the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mahuman, Bertha, Harbona, Bigtha, and Abagtha, Zether, and Carcass, the seven eunuchs who attended him, to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing the royal crown in order to show the peoples and the officials her beauty, for she was fair to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command conveyed by the eunuchs. At this, the king was enraged and his anger burned within him. Then the king consulted the sages who knew the laws, for this was the king's procedure toward all who were versed in law and custom. And those next to him were Kershina, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Maris, Marcina, and Mamukin, the seven officials of Persia and Media, 
who had access to the king and sat first in the kingdom. Quote, According to the law, what is to be done to Queen Vashti because she has not performed the command of King Ahasuerus conveyed by the eunuchs? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll tell you, most pastors skip over the first chapter of Esther. (laughs) Do you see why? I titled this sermon, An R-Rated Beginning. Um, I think also because of the names. (laughs) Right? What's the story? What's going on? There's a king in Persia with a hard-to-pronounce name, that has a queen that's beautiful. The king gets wasted and says, bring me my wife so that everyone could gawk at her beauty. What does the wife say? Not today. Not today. Anybody watch the show, The Good Wife? The Good Wife, right? She's had enough. Interesting. For a Bible, a book of the Bible to start with such a, a, a black backdrop. We got a king pig guy. Showing up and wanting to show off his wife. How do you apply that? Right? How do you apply that? I'm up here, so I might as well tell you. I am vertical. I'm barely. But I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad to be back here. Um, First is, I don't know about you, but a lot of times, this might shock you as coming from a pastor, there's situations that happen in front of me, and I say, where's God in this? How could a good God allow this to happen? If that's you ever, this book's for you. And then pile on top of that. Look at this text through the queen eyes, Vashti. In this world where everything's stacked against her. Totally sexist. Uh, when I was at Fuller, I, I had the privilege and the honor of meeting uh, Leslie Allen. He's a commentator. He's a little dude. I don't, I, I, I'm a big dude, so I, I think everybody's little to me. But, so he's probably a normal dude. Um, 
But I, he, he's always, always in the Fuller Library. He's an Old Testament stud that wears a three-piece suit every day. And he has these little wireframe glasses. And he studies. And he writes this about this first chapter of Acts. He says, All of the king's efforts to make a good impression with his lavish banquets are wasted when he decides to exhibit his queen as the epiphany of his possessions. Looking at this text through the queen's eyes, she's merely a possession. This is how this book starts. Messed up. Chaotic. Confusing. I have a question. What does God do with chaos? One of my favorite theologians, um, her name escapes me right now, uh, but she says, it's, it's in the book Pastrix. Who wrote the book Pastrix? you know who that is? Tall woman from Colorado. Anyway, she started as a comedian. Anyway, if the name ever comes back to me, I'll text you, okay? Everybody text me if you have your number. But in the end of her book, she says this amazing statement when she's noticing that the world is messed up and it's all chaotic and it, the up seems to be down and down seems to be up and everybody's looking, looking for which way to go. She says, chaotic. But chaos is one of God's favorite things to work with. Out of the chaos... Out of the disorder, God made the earth. Out of the void. Now, this morning, do you need God to meet you in your mess? Do you need God to show up in your chaos? Whether it's work, it's family. Do you need God to see the injustice that's holding you down? If you do, show up next Sunday. If you do, continue to ask. Continue to talk and listen. Because spoiler alert, the major story, the major theme of this book
is that God is working underneath and working between and working without being named, but He's in total sovereign control. And one of His loudest statements that He wants to meet you in your chaos is this table. God sent His one and only Son, Jesus the Christ, to not only save the world, but to save and meet you in your chaos, in your lostness, or in your injustice holding you down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, I pray that as we study this book, you would meet us each in our chaos. You would restore order. Even now, as we've started this, I pray that you would jump to the second, third, fourth chapter And show us your sovereignty. Show us how you're in control. Open our eyes to the ways that you're at work. You're a good God. And all God's people said. Now it's part of the service. Um, We continue in worship. But we continue in worship with our tithes and our offerings. If you're at home listening on the podcast, you send your gifts and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, there's offering plates at the stations as you exit. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is the Lord's table. You are invited to come and eat. You don't need to be a member of this church. You don't even need to be Presbyterian. You just need to have given your heart to Jesus Christ. And you are welcome. Christ our Lord invites you. Come to the feast which he has prepared and be filled. Now, just in case anybody did not get their little pod when they came in, if you raise your hand, someone will bring it right over to you. We want to make sure everybody can partake. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord gathered with his followers. And he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do this in remembrance of me. And acting in Jesus' name, we say, take, eat. And remember, this time take your little wafer. And will you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord whom you sent to be for us the way, the truth, and the life. Revealing your love, he taught those who would hear him, healed those who believed in him, received all who sought him, and lifted the burden of their sin. He inspired ordinary folk to spirit-filled living and displayed in his life, death, and rising again, the power of your spirit. O oh God, in this world where many hunger and thirst, we are thankful for the humblest bread and the simplest drink. Yet the bread and drink on this table are much more than that. They are the sacred reminder of your son's death and of the words of promise he spoke to his disciples. Abide in me, and I shall abide in you. Let the words come alive for us once more. Pour out your spirit upon us, and upon these your gifts of bread and drink, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Help us to see, to hear, to feel in these elements the words of everlasting life and comfort. 
spoken to our restless hearts. We lift our thanksgiving for the table and its place in our lives. Forgive us our sins and gather us together as a family is gathered at the meal. Make us attentive to the world of needs around us and may Christ be head of the table and the head of our lives this day and forever. Amen. Amen. Remember in the call to worship I was talking, there was was a psalmist talking about when the people were in exile and God literally rained down sustenance. And as I just preached, we're in our chaos, we're in our unjust settings and this world seems to be confusing and at sometimes just out wrong. And then she was just reading at the beginning of hers out of Matthew when it says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness they will be filled. Were you here last month? Do you remember when Sharon did this last month? (laughs) She poured it all over the table. (laughs) Do you remember? And Malia was and I were driving home together and she she said, Was that intentional? Because that brought tears to my eyes because that's what God wants to meet our chaos and our injustice with. His saving blood. In the same way, after he had given thanks for the bread, he lifted up the cup and he said, this is no longer the Passover blood. This is mine. And it's not just for the Hebrew people. It's for anybody who wants to come to the Father through me to trade in their chaos and their brokenness for my righteousness. My death means their life. So in the same way, he lifts up the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. My blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And Paul later adds to his letter to Corinth, as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim that we've handed in our chaos and our mess for his redemption. And we not only that, we proclaim that he's coming back for each and every one of us, and he will gather us all around one big table, and that will be quite a day. And this is foreshadowing of that day. So, this is when you peel back The second thing, take, drink the cup of salvation, the blood of Christ shed for you.
please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for this table. We thank you for refreshing our souls by gathering us together this morning and by gathering around this table and uniting us. We lift up brothers and sisters that are hurting. We lift up Phyllis Smith. She's in Hogue. We lift up Gil Keller. We lift up personally people who are going through things it doesn't seem like it's fair that they're going through quietly in our hearts. Jesus, you are the wounded healer. Thank you for healing us through your wounds. Equip us to heal the wounds of others via your spirit working through us. And all God's people said, Amen. I stand everybody up, right? Nope. Everybody stay seated. I do right. a benediction and yes. we do the, the, yeah. the Lord's Prayer. Right. Boyle. Her last name is Boyle. <laughs> yep. The, now you don't have to text me. I was quoting, I want to say Aaron Boyle, but I'm not sure about the first one. Just I know it's Boyle and I know the book is Pastrix. P-A-S-T-R-I-X. And now, actually, since you're all seated... Let's do a benediction a little different. Receive. Put your hands out in front of you. And receive this benediction from not the loud, obnoxious Jason, but the quiet, forgiven one. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Forgive us our debts.